Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. It's good to be with you all on this glorious day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. You know, Father's Day is one of the days that uh, we love to celebrate Mother's Day. And we want to also give a special shout out to all the dads in this room. You know, the dads are important just as well as the moms. Of course, the moms are the ones who give life and the ones who support. But I want to give a shout out to the great dads who are serving their families faithfully. And to those who aren't serving their family faithfully, may the Lord support you and encourage you and give you grace to be a better dad. So happy Father's Day to you all. Today is a, a very powerful gospel. Because as I was going through the readings of the day from last night into today, and by the way, the most important thing when we come to church on Sundays is we prepare from the night before. So we should always be reading the readings to anticipate what the church is trying to teach us in her wisdom. So I would encourage you all, if you really want to benefit from the liturgy and each Sunday of the church and any liturgy that you attend, the night before, just take the readings and skim and try to find the theme that the church is trying to teach you. Now I told you guys last week, or maybe I wasn't with you, it was in the second liturgy. I explained how the, the church lectionary is designed, the readings of the church. We have three seasons of the church. The focus is on, the first season is on the love of God the Father. The second part of the church season, so for the love of God the Father starts from Neiruz, the Coptic New Year, all the way to the Feast of Advent. The second part of the season is the grace of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And that starts from after the Feast of the Nativity all the way through Lent and through the Feast of the Resurrection and the Holy 50 Days. Now the next season that we're in right now is the communion, the gifts, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So all the readings are surrounding this idea of the Holy Spirit. And you will see that all the way from now all the way till the Feast of Neiruz. I want to encourage you all as we're reading you're reading the, the readings of the church over the next few weeks to look for the Holy Spirit. You'll see him very clearly, for example, today in the Pauline epistle, where if I pull it up very quickly for you, you will see how in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 speaks a lot about the Holy Spirit. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. I want us to today, as we read the gospel, to ask ourselves, where is the Holy Spirit in this gospel? You ask yourself, there's this man who's in a pretty bad situation. He has been paralyzed and he's been laying in this bed for a long period of time and he has some friends. And the friends are the ones that literally put him on a bed and they are desperate to bring him to the Lord. As I was reflecting on these friends and thinking to myself, how many of my friends have been desperate to encourage me in my relationship and bringing me to the Lord Christ? Ask yourself, evaluate your friendships, the people that you surround yourself with. Are they the type of people that will do whatever it takes to bring you to the healing presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. These, these men were, were amazing because 
what did they say? It says they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd. Most people would say, you know what? I've tried with my friends. I've tried to encourage them. I've tried to support them. I've tried to tell them about the Lord. And, you know, it gets a little bit crowded. It gets a little bit difficult. Life gets a little bit busy. Plus, I did my part. Wash my hands. But look what they did. They climbed up on the roof. And they let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Christ. First of all, this is kind of a, a weird situation, right? You climb somebody's roof and then you break the roof of their house to bring their friend in. It's vandalism, by the way. These people would be arrested, you know, in the modern context of the world. But no, these people say, we don't care what the consequences are. We don't care what we have to do. We are desperate to bring our friend to the Lord Christ. And look what happens. It says, when he saw their faith, their faith, when he saw the faith of these friends, that's where healing began. Now look at what the Lord says to him. He doesn't say, arise, take up your bed and walk. He says, man, your sins are forgiven you. Now, it's kind of a bizarre thing to say, right? Like, it's, it's a little bit, it doesn't fit the story. You would look at the story and you'd be like, okay, easy to say, you know, Habibi, um, get up, do something, you know, feel better. God bless you. Your friends are awesome. They brought you to me to heal you. No, man, your sins are forgiven you. Some of the commentators will actually say that this man didn't want to come to Jesus. This man was actually reluctant and didn't want to come to the Lord Christ. Some will say maybe he was angry. Some will say maybe he was in this condition for a long period of time and he felt like there was no hope. He was sort of in a place where he was living definitely in sin. And that's why the Lord says to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. Now, as we look for the Holy Spirit in this story, the Holy Spirit is working in the hearts of these friends. The Holy Spirit is working in the hearts of these friends and encouraging them to know the necessity of this person to be brought to Christ. Now, I think to myself, do I understand the necessity of how much I need the Lord? Do I understand the necessity of how desperate, how broken I am, how sick I am? When you look at all the Gospels of today and last night, Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they brought her to Christ, the healer. This morning, you see the story of the paralytic, the healer. Do we know the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do we know what he has available to us? Do we believe that those who we bring to him can also receive the same healing? See, the problem is, if we don't believe the healing for ourselves, then we definitely can't invite others to the same healing presence. And I was convicted by this message today, very much so, because it made me ask myself, first of all, how am I choosing my friends? How am I choosing the people that I surround myself with? What does my village look like? What are the people that I lean on when I'm going through a hard time like? Are they the type of people that are pointing me to Christ or are here to tell me, oh, keep on complaining, keep on telling me all the bad things? Are we here just as a social gossip club? No. The good friend will say, don't look at your problem. Look at the healer of your problem. Don't look at your situation that you're in. Look up to him who is able to solve and to heal every situation that you find yourself into. And these men didn't let any obstacle hinder them from bringing their friend to the Lord Christ. And because of their faith, the Lord healed them, healed him, and his sins were forgiven. Now look 
just very quickly the, the opposite of this story. You see those who are motivated, motivated to bring their friend to the Lord Christ to find healing. And then you see the Pharisees, who actually the word Pharisee means the one who divides the word. Like, you, you know, we say who rightly divides the word of truth. The Pharisee, his job is to divide the word of God and to give it to the people. And look what the Pharisees begin to do. Who is this who speaks such blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Look how immediately they don't glorify the work that God has done in this paralytic man who's been in that condition. They don't see the desperation. They don't see what his friends had just done. They don't glorify God for the work that has been done. They quickly point out that which is wrong. Not much words. I, I mean, honestly, you're speechless. But then you pause and you look at yourself and you say, how much do I criticize the things that God is doing? How much oftentimes am I exactly like the Pharisee? How much oftentimes am I not like the people who are desperate to bring people to Christ and willing to rip roofs open and willing to do everything in my power? I'm like the person who is here in this story, the Pharisee who's supposed to be rightly dividing the word of truth, giving the people the healing message of God's word, but oftentimes I'm judging, I'm criticizing, I'm pointing out that which is wrong. I'm not seeing the potential in every single person around me. I'm not seeing the power that the Lord has if people bring themselves before Christ. I'll ask yourself a quick assessment of whether or not you do this. Quick assessment. When a person walks into the church that hasn't been around for a long time, or a person walks into the church and maybe is dressed a little bit inappropriately, or maybe a person walks into a church and has maybe the outward appearance that we typically are not accustomed with. Is our heart overjoyed that they're here? Or is our heart pointing out all the things that are wrong with them? Ask yourself, the fact that the person is here in the church, we don't say glory to God for that person being here, for that person having the opportunity to meet the healing presence of the Lord Christ. What we do, is we look at the outward appearance and we criticize just as these Pharisees do. May the Lord have mercy on us. May the Lord give us eyes to see that which is good. May the Lord encourage us to see that which those friends saw in their friends, that although he was broken, although he was a sinner, they were willing to do everything in their power to bring him to the Lord Christ. The question that I ask every single one of us today, do we know how much, is, how much healing is found in Christ? Have we encountered it? Have we experienced how much he has available for us? Have we seen and tasted his sweetness? Have we experienced his forgiveness? Have we offered that forgiveness to those around us when we're in conflict? Have we tasted of how much he pursues us when we turn our back on him? Have we experienced his loving hands and his mercy and his grace time and time again when we fall short of his glory. See, those who have experienced that sweetness can do nothing else but invite every single person that they encounter to that same healing. I pray that all of us in this season of the Holy Spirit, in the season of the apostles, that we would be just like these friends, that we wouldn't criticize that which is good, that which God is doing, that we wouldn't become those who are constantly criticizing, constantly doing, doing the gossip and saying all the bad things, but we'd be the type of people that are desperate 
first and foremost, ourselves to come before the Lord Christ and to bring every single person that we encounter to the Lord. I say to you, arise, take up your bed and walk and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on and departed to his own house doing what? Glorifying God. May we all glorify God for his work in our lives and for the things that he's doing in the lives of so many people around us. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.